Welcome back, Coffin Bond listeners, here with episode 103. Now, I'm back in the hosting chair, but I do have Sean in here today, and I was trying to, I was trying to throw some gags out the front, but you weren't, you weren't going to get into that? Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Pleasure to be back. Uh, no, nah, yeah, heard, heard one proposed gag, but I thought it was a bit of a fizzer, so happy for you to take over again, though. So what, you don't, you don't want the hosting chair, just one and done? Nah, you can, you can have that for now. I think... Uh, yeah, a few of the boys are calling me Rojo Jogan, so I'll definitely pass that one up. Or were you telling them that you were Yeah, that's not true at all. I call myself that. No one else said it. Look, today um, we're touching on teamwork and we were, we were wrapping our minds trying to think about what to talk about today. And Will, I was having a bit of laugh and reckons the only thing that you and I have to talk about is footy um, and reckons that's pretty much where we're leading the podcast. And I've always said to Tony, I'd love to start a footy podcast, but I don't know if he was listening today whether he'd love us talking about the Tigers. No, I don't know if I'd love it too much either, but uh, we'll push through. <laughs> oh, mate, you would like... <laughs> what else do we talk about come the morning? Not the Tigers, though. Not the Tigers. Oh, I don't want to talk about the Bombers either, though, to be honest. But, look, we'll, um, we'll start off today, and we're going to talk about teamwork and how the team sort of come together and working that. And, and for me, I, I guess it even starts at footy, but... I actually come through to Coffin Bond and, and going on our footy podcast here, but I actually come to Coffin Bond through meeting Tony um, at football uh, and bringing me down um, from South Yarra as, as my running coach. And I think we've told the story a few times on here, but um, one thing I guess we've always, we've become close in here and he, he'd come to watch uh, an incredible amount of my games. Um, I don't know why he'd be pushed. Yeah, won't, won't swear there, but be bored watching. But he, he did come down to watch you today uh, on the weekend, um, but he didn't get to see you much. Can you run through what actually happened? Yeah, so I think he came down in the third quarter. Um, we've had a year off, so the body was feeling pretty primed. That's not true at all. The, the body's in terrible nick, but um, he came down in the third quarter and saw me lying on the ground behind the coach's box with an ice pack on my hammy. So start of the second quarter off, yeah, gone to snap one and... Uh, had a pretty aggressive aggressive tear in the leg so uh yeah waited a full year to get back to footy and i think i'll be waiting another eight to twelve weeks so so you've done yeah. a, you've done a fair old job at it yeah tony was giving it to me as well. i didn't get any sympathy he just i'm lying on the ground with an ice pack on my hammy and he started yelling at me calling me lazy so, <laughs> well yeah. mate if you if you ever watch it you're lucky you didn't watch because you ever watch him at local footy He's definitely a different man, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was warned too. I was warned he's a pretty aggressive supporter. So. <laughs> Passionate, they'd say. But look, I guess going on that, um, and it's something, you know, when we look at Kofkin Bond and we look at the people working here, we, we all love chatting. We all love helping each other. You know, last night is an example. Um, Tony's heading up to Sydney. There was plenty to get done. And, you know, it was all hands on deck. And I think that's the culture that we've created in here. But... I guess our first introduction as kids and you've played team sports. Why did you play team sports when you were young? Uh, yeah, so I've played played team sports and um, some individual sports. And yeah, I guess you just, I started team sports because my parents sent me to Auskick. Um, Dad's a big sports fan and, and mum as well. So just kind of started by being sent there um, and obviously stuck with it throughout, through to being an adult, yep. um, just because I really love the the camaraderie and um, getting to know, I love the sport itself, but also, yeah, love getting to know different people. Um, really love just hanging out, talking in the rooms. Oh, yeah, I, I won't right. swear there as well. <laughs> um, yeah, just talking in the rooms at training, things like that. That's where you really, um, having that year off last year was where I noticed that I really did miss it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm the same. Like, I think back, and Tony and I have talked about this previously, and, and this is why we're sort of touching on it today, but. 
I think growing up and, and look, teams like I know it's not for everyone and things like that, but team sport does teach you a lot of things, and especially when it matches in the workplace. Um, and you know, when interviewing people and things like that, I, I found people that want to be collaborative and work with others, um, and, and they like that feeling of coming in and helping others. I think if you build a team culture around that. Um, and learn those skills, like learning how to help other people to get through. Because if we try to silo ourselves, and especially in the industry that we work in, if you try to silo yourself into, okay, this is my job and I'm, I'm only doing this, it just doesn't work with getting the job done. Yeah, and I think it is transferable. Um, one sort of, one sort of, I guess, parallel that we had in, I remember in high school, I was studying business management and uh, a guy in our class who, he's playing in the AFL now, um, was talking to him about the subject and he's, his whole thing was everything to do with this subject. I just relate it to footy. I just relate everything to footy. Like the way that it all it all came together, you had to work as a team, the way that you had to lead, things like that. Um, so it really shows that kind of those those skills of being able to come together and help help other people, even if it's not necessarily in your you know your job description or, or your yeah. specific role, um, can be really beneficial. Yeah, and I think that's that's with clients as well. You know. They have the support of the Kofkin Bond team behind them, um, and that's something that we've really pushed in. And you can see it with, you know, some a lot of our clients now don't even pick up the phone to Tony. They don't even pick up the phone to Matt. They sort of ring straight through to you and Josh, Patrista, Lucy, you know. And that's that's something that you know it's in this day and age you don't just have an advisor. He's not sitting there doing all the, he or her is not sitting there doing all the work. There's a real team behind what we're doing. Um, and everyone has their roles within that. And then when we can work together, that's what makes a good plan come together. And that's where people are getting that efficiency of using Kofkin Bond as an advisor is they're not just using one person. They're, they've got that whole back office. Yeah, absolutely. And and just you touched on last night before, it was um, a bit of a stressful last sort of hour, hour or so to the day. But then Pratista and Emily basically, um, yeah, helped, helped get everything ready. And it wasn't necessarily something they had to be doing, but they were more versed in, in what was being done and so they, they joined in and it was done yeah, a lot more efficiently. Yeah. So on that, you know, what sort of the key when you look at people and, and working with people and sort of, I guess, in the future when you're looking at other people coming into Kofkin Bond or any other businesses, what's some key qualities that you look for in regards to that teamwork? Um, yeah, well, and it doesn't have to be from a sporting background, um, but just the ability to get along with other people and have some sort of, I guess... Uh, some empathy and some sort of emotional intelligence. Yeah, I think um, you know, we work in finance, and so numbers and, and technical skills are, are really important. But at the same time, I would say that Tony's biggest skill is um, the emotional connection that he can form with people. Yeah, and that's how you begin to understand their situation and exactly how they are as a person. Um, and the, the kind of advice goes from there. They sort of they go hand in hand rather than being two separate skills that you need to develop. So um, that'd be crucial for anyone you know, coming into the industry, or I think just about any industry. Yeah, and I think that's the same. Like when we when we talk about you know getting that team together, and we always we use an analogy which is weird. We use a, an American analogy, and we talk quarterback um, all the time, <laughs> which is weird one. But people do know what we're talking about. But we do play that quarterback sometimes. You know we're not doing the legal side of things we're not doing the tax and accounting you know we we understand and we have the knowledge across all of those industries um, but that's where we have to pull in sort of other people to help and they they end up creating for a business owner essentially they create their team um, you know their team's cough combined which is their advisor um, and we're sitting as that business advisor but we're pulling in expertise from other areas to make sure that our clients are being looked after yeah yeah and um, I think another sort of really important skill 
there is, um, or I don't know if it's a skill, but a trait is a bit of humility. So if you don't necessarily know something or you're not an expert in something, not being afraid to go and refer to an expert in that area or lean on someone else for some guidance. Um, I've spoken to sort of uh, investment analyst firms and that, and they, they find that as a really important skill is, is that they want people that aren't stubborn. Um, and I think as an advisor, if, you, if you're stubborn and you just want to try to do everything yourself, you, you know, you can't be an expert in everything. And yep. so uh, that becomes really important. So <laughs> we can go back to footy there when you've got stubborn teammates. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I've gotten a lot of arguments as people would know me, but I, I guess going on that stu- uh, subject of stubbornness, like w- when you have got someone that's stubborn and even, even a client, and not necessarily a client sitting there being stubborn, um, but if you're finding difficulties with a client on the advice side of things, um, and we used an example before, um, you know, when the, obviously the markets went down with COVID, um, there was people out in the industry that stressed, um, but there, there was people that weren't. And, and you had clients to talk through that, hey, look, this is how our portfolios are set up. How do you work through some of the conversations when you're in meetings with clients, um, when they're sort of pretty headstrong in doing something, um, but it might not be best for them? Yeah, well, I guess the starting point really really comes to that, that personal connection. Um, it might, it sometimes comes as a bit of a shock to me, or not anymore, but just how much um, personal discussion happens at the start of a meeting. And it's not just small talk, it's getting to know someone and actually form a bond with them to see, you know, show that you are you are sort of interested, genuinely interested in them, not just not just that menial small talk. Yeah. Um, and then going from there, as far as instilling a bit of confidence in people, I think education is really important. So us educating the client rather than just saying, hey, you've got to stay invested or, hey, you've got to do this. Try to not run them through a full you know, six-month university-type degree but explain to them some of the basic principles of why we might be doing what we're doing, how it's going to benefit them um, and why it is necessary rather than just, hey, take my word for it because I'm right. Yeah, because there's an example of lay and things like that where some people can come to us, like people are always coming to us and we put them, we say, like always in a better position um, than when they sort of come in. And sometimes for people, it's a bit of a shock because their life's work, it might be time to sell. Um, you know, it might not be something that they want to do, but they may be forced into it and, and we've sort of got to open that light to them. Um, and that can be a difficult conversation to have with clients. Yeah, yeah. Um, occasionally do have difficult conversations with clients and um, always trying to keep on track to just get that best outcome for them, I think is really crucial. Um, yeah, because you're not always necessarily going to be bringing good news um, but again if you can educate them and and really demonstrate why something is necessary or in their best interest then hopefully they can um, work towards that yeah and yeah that's that's where you know we, we have that team sitting behind doing projections um, piecing together information and the research behind because I think when those conversations happen as you were saying you, you want to educate the client to say you know we're not doing this to you know affect you that this needs to happen um and it's sometimes it's, it's always going to be a difficult conversation when that's you know people's life work or, or they don't want to go a certain way and they're, and they're being stubborn in a sense yeah absolutely um and just on that with the, the projections and the numbers in the background having those really solid numbers makes that whole conversation flow much easier so although it is about personal connections um yeah if you don't have that substance behind you and that that strong backing of, of knowledge then you're going to get found out eventually and, that, and that's really crucial 
second down. So I guess we'll finish off. You know, Boyana always laughs at us. I think sometimes she says we're, it's like a locker room in here. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes when we're screaming and yelling and arguing and things like that in, in a good way that she comes out and sort of, I, I know she's done it to me before here. Jamie, stop swearing. It's not a locker room. <laughs> but, you know, what, what's some other similarities just to touch on at the end that you see, you know, from your footy days and then you come into Coffin and Bond? Beside me swearing, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not that much. You probably, I'll probably swear under my to myself more than you <laughs> do. Um, similarities to a locker room, I guess. Different personalities. Um, everyone's got their own sort of unique. I'm just gonna, yeah. The direct par- parallel actually would be the Ruckman at Whitefriars and Willard. Um, <laughs> both different cats do their own thing, but I. Bloody love both of them. Like, sorry, I did swear there. Um, they're both like very interesting in the way they go about it. And so, being able to manage—I'm talking about the ruckman now—manage yeah. his personality. Because he's one of the rarest cats you'll ever meet, but he just gets the job done every week. So, I guess being able to manage different personalities and connect with people that that you know you don't maybe not necessarily connect with. Um, whoever it is in an office, uh, everyone's got sort of different backgrounds in here. It's not just all footy people. So. Yeah. Um, that ability is yeah something that you kind of you just naturally develop over the years of, of playing footy and I think it helps in the workplace yeah and I think it's that you know for me it's even looking at the point of it's a game plan we have a game plan within here we're working towards a goal and we're that one team so we we all take a position each um, and come together so Sean we put this one pretty quickly together you and I and um, as I think I've snuck one half footy podcast into here I, I didn't quite get to talk as much as I wanted about it but I appreciate you coming in again, mate. You're coming a real regular on the show. Um, not hosting, but now I'm just interviewing you and just getting the good information out of you. Nah, cheers. I'll, uh, I'll prepare for one in the future and get a, a proper technical one going, I think. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, mate. Thanks. The Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co., which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Kafka Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kafka Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kafka Bond & Co. and the hosts of the Kafka Bond Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.